It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What are fair expectations for Bryce Young during his rookie season? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter. At Julian Council, where on Fridays like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Either at me or DM me to participate next week on the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. And let's go ahead and get into it. It's a Memorial Day weekend edition of the weekly Friday mailbag for the third year. Three years going on strong. I know we've got two full years. We're going on to our third year of me hosting Locked On Panthers. So let's go ahead and get right into the questions. Let's talk about expectations. Bryce Young, number one overall, the Carolina Panthers, mainly David Tepper, have put Super Bowls expectation. Now, Super Bowl is not right, but Super Bowl, plural, expectations on Bryce Young. Can he live up to the hype? We have watched a lot of Drek. The last couple of seasons since Cam Newton's body fell apart right there in 2018 when the Amazon all or nothing cameras are here in Charlotte and we have been begging for a savior. It was not Kyle Allen. Folks thought that was the case. That was not the case. Will Greer was never here to replace Cam Newton. Teddy Bridgewater, I never really thought they really thought he was going to be a franchise quarterback. But for whatever reason, y'all got mad at Teddy Bridgewater for being Teddy Bridgewater. Sam Darnold, false idol, Baker Mayfield. Oh my God, what was that? And then Matt Corral, unfortunately, never got an opportunity, at least not yet. We'll see how that works out. Talked about Matt Corral earlier this week. We're looking at the new plan the Carolina Panthers have for him. Bryce Young with the number one overall pick. The Carolina Panthers giving up their first-round pick in 2024, giving up D.J. Moore, giving up a second-round pick in 25, moving from 9-1. to They let the NFL world know just how they felt about Bryce Young, and apparently it was always Bryce Young. So Alex asked me, expectations for first-round quarterbacks are always higher, especially For the top pick, what constitutes success for Bryce Young in his rookie year? A certain touchdown slash interception ratio, win-loss record, rookie of the year, etc. So let's look at a couple of quarterbacks from the last couple of seasons that have been first-round picks. We're going to look at a pair of guys that went number one overall. We're going to look at some guys who went later on in the first round and another one who I think if Bryce Young has this rookie year. We're all going to be excited, and I honestly think that we might be talking Super Bowl. Now, probably not, but I'm just saying I could get really excited if this is what happens with Bryce Young this year in Carolina. So let's look at Joe Burrow. 
and Trevor Lawrence, the last two quarterbacks who go number one overall in the draft before Bryce Young. There was not a quarterback that went number one overall in 2022 because the Jags were bad, and they went out there and drafted that dude from Georgia whose name I've already forgotten. Joe Burrow in 2020 was the no-brainer number one pick in the NFL draft after his Heisman Trophy winning season, the national championship season there in 2019 at LSU. During his rookie year with the Bengals, where he only started and played in 10 games because of an ACL tear, he completed 65.3% of his passes for 200, for 2,000 rather, 688 yards, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions. So all that in 10 games, and the Cincinnati Bengals went 2-7-1 that year, which is great because it helped them the next year get Jamar Chase at fifth overall. And Jamar Chase is just an absolute stud and has helped Joe Burrow as in his second year, go to the Super Bowl, and then last year in his third year, go to the AFC Championship game. And I'm imagining over the next couple of weeks, get Joe Burrow paid. Now, Trevor Lawrence also drafted number one overall after a stellar career at Clemson where he helped them win a national championship in his 2021 rookie season under Urban Meyer. He completed 59.6% of his passes for 3,641 yards, 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. The Jags went 3-14 and 14 and also landed up getting the number one pick where they took uh, Trayvon Walker, that's his name, out of Georgia. When you look at those numbers, you would rather have the Joe Burrow season where you completed 65% of your passes in the Touchdown to interception ratio wasn't something that was going to kill you. Trevor Lawrence so far in his career has struggled with turnovers. We saw it in the playoff game against Los Angeles, against the Chargers, where they were able to come back miraculously on that Saturday evening in Jacksonville. He was just, though, he wasn't great. Now, the passing yards, that's fine. The completion percentage is not great. You also have to look at the coaching staff. When he got a real coach and a Super Bowl winner and Doug Peterson, it looked better although the interceptions are still a concern. But Trevor Lawrence, I think, is tracking to have a big-time year in year three. Joe Burrow, it happened a lot quicker for him. And his numbers, I think, would have continued on that track his rookie year had he not gone down with that injury. And I say that because we saw what he did in his second year. We saw what he did last year. He has already cemented his place as one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. So when you look at those career, those years – I would want the Joe Burrow year minus the injury. Mac Jones in 2021 was drafted a little bit later in the, was it? I don't remember what he was drafted. I think he was a fifth quarterback taken because I want to say the Patriots trade up to get him. Uh, but Mac Jones, uh, he was taken there in 2021. The Panthers decided not to take him, stuck with uh, Sam Darnold. He had an outstanding rookie season when you look at the numbers, 67.6% completion percentage, 3,801 yards, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and New England Patriots went 10-7, and were a playoff team. Now, they could have won the division, but because Mac Jones was a rookie quarterback and the Bills were a better team, but really Mac Jones held them back late in the season where they lost a couple of important games and got their doors blown off of them there in Buffalo during Super Wild Card Weekend in the playoffs. If we can get a Mac Jones season out of Bryce Young with those numbers and that record, you take it, don't you? Say whatever you will about Mac Jones and what he did to Brian Burns that year because that was certainly dirty and say whatever you will about Mac Jones later in that season what he did last year if the Panthers get a Mac Jones type of season from Bryce Young you're feeling good because everyone in New England 
understood how he faded, but also watched the season and felt like they were in good hands moving forward with Mac Jones, where last year he tapered off. We'll see what he looks like heading into year three. Kenny Pickett, the only quarterback taken into the first round in a weak quarterback class last year in 2022, had a pretty solid rookie season as well, helping the Pittsburgh Steelers go from looking like the basement team in the AFC North to barely missing out on the playoffs and ensuring yet another winning season for Mike Tomlin. Pickett completed 63% of his passes for 2,404 yards, seven touchdowns, nine interceptions in 12 games. The Steelers went seven and five, and Pickett really, I think they won their last five games, helped them to preserve Mike Tomlin's streak of never having a losing season and started to show some signs. And y'all heard me last year. I wasn't a huge Kenny Pickett fan. I was impressed by what I saw out of him last year. It's also Pittsburgh, and they're going to find a way to win. And Big Ben hadn't been really playing well at quarterback anyway, so they were going to find a way to win with Kenny Pickett if they weren't able to find a way to win. They were able to, excuse me, to find a way to win with Big Ben to the latter part of his career where he was just, ugh. God, not good, uh, but I guess good enough, and the team was good enough, and of course, coached well enough, and it's, well, it's Pittsburgh, they always find a way, and we saw that right here firsthand in Carolina when Mitch Trubisky was a starting quarterback that afternoon in December. A Kenny Pickett year? I'm cool with that. Of course, you would want to cut down on the interceptions, but they won with it, and that's the thing. The Patriots had a really good defense, and they were able to win with Mac Jones, and the Steelers have a good defense and were able to win with Mac Jones, or with Kenny Pickett, rather. The Panthers have a really good defense, and they can win with that kind of production that Pittsburgh got out of Kenny Pickett last year if Bryce Young gives them that. And Pickett showed later on in the season, I want to say it was the Raiders game on, it was like a Saturday night, helping them come back and win that. He started to show the signs that you want to see. Justin Herbert, this is the career that or the year that you really want them to have. In 2020, after being drafted... Was it 6th or 7th overall out of Oregon? 66.6% completion percentage. 4,336 yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and a charge that went 6-9 on the way to being the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. That's what you would want from Bryce Young. Justin Herbert, superstar, stud. Team, though, Okay. Charge is fine. Pretty much a win or get out year for Brandon Staley there in Los Angeles. Herbert's been awesome. And at every turn since he got in the league, he's been awesome. Joe Burrow, for the most part, I think is the same case, has been awesome. Trevor Lawrence, he's out of struggles. Mac Jones, looked good to start off. Didn't look good last year. Kenny Pickett, he's been okay. You're starting to see them signs. Really, what constitutes success for Bryce Young is showing signs. Because Burrow, Lawrence, Jones, Pickett, and Herbert all showed signs their rookie year. Some of those guys had more success than others, but overall, they all kind of proved that, okay, with good coaching, they can get to the ceiling that you want them to get to. Like, if you look at the number one picks of the past in the last couple of years, you'd rather have Joe Burrow. If you look at the guys that were picked kind of a little bit later in the first round, you'd want Mac Jones from that rookie year. If you're looking at just the guys that have been drafted in the first round the last couple of seasons, you would want a Justin Herbert type of season. So for me, if he can complete about 60% of his passes, have, you know, up there like 35, 3,700 yards passing, 20 touchdowns, eight, nine interceptions, you got to feel good about Bryce Young and what you got in Carolina. And really, you would want to have like 25 touchdowns. If he can do that, 
you got to feel good about Bryce Young and what he's bringing to Carolina. And, of course, record-wise, like QB wins are not a stat. It's important about what the team around you is. And Cincinnati and Jacksonville, Exhibit A, weren't good teams there in 2020 and 2021. And in the Patriots, were a good team in 21. And the Steelers were good enough in 22. And the Chargers weren't all that great in 2020. Like, there's a reason, like, why, you know, those teams won, some of those teams lost. I think the team around Bryce Young is a solid football team, a team that can contend for the playoffs. So my expectation for Bryce Young is not to be the offensive rookie of the year. It's not necessarily the win-loss record. It's to show flashes, but, you know, statistically, if you can get about 35, 3,700 yards, 25 touchdowns, and about eight, nine interceptions, I feel like we're all going to feel good about Bryce Young moving forward here in Carolina because it's not like we've gotten that kind of production from any of the quarterbacks over the last four or five seasons here in Carolina. So, yeah, I think that would be fair expectations for Bryce Young. you got to see something, and – if Pickett showed it and Jones showed it and Herbert showed it after there's certainly questions about him coming out of Oregon, no reason why Bryce Young can't show it behind a good offensive line with a rebuilt wide receiver core and then an excellent defense that's going to take off a ton of pressure on him and the offense here in 2023 for the Carolina Panthers. So there's that question. There's also questions about what to expect out of Jeremy Chin this upcoming season. I'll tell you about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories and you need the best tasting protein bar ever built? If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just a thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing you won't think that they're good for you. So what makes Built Bars so good, you ask? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate on every single bar and puff. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste just like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy for you. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, which you can still do. They get their specialty flavors, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream bar, chocolate bar, or coconut bar. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of their hit new flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're talking expectations here on the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. Talked about expectations for Bryce Young as a rookie. How about expectations for Jeremy Chin here in 2023 in this new scheme and a new role where we talked about yesterday playing a lot of nickel, and that is not a shock to anybody. Could play some linebacker, although that has not been, uh, well, I guess it's not, it's been discussed, but it hasn't been um, confirmed just yet, and could play safety. 
He's just going to play in a playmaking role, and all of us here in Carolina are excited to see what Jeremy Chin can do here in year four. And Stephen is one of those asking me, Julian, is this the year of Jeremy Chin? Tell us what you expect from him this year. Is he the stud player we thought coming out of the 2020 draft? Well, Jeremy, or Stephen, why did I just call you Jeremy? Oh, because Jeremy Chin, that's who we're talking about. Well, Stephen, I feel like the answer is already yes. As far as your last question, is he the stud player we thought he was coming out of the 2020 draft? Through three seasons, he has 294 tackles, and 10 of them are only for a loss. But that's because, you know, he's mainly playing as a safety the past two seasons, and then as a linebacker, they weren't really asking him to go get there behind the line of scrimmage. He's been a stud. We I brought up this number plenty of times where the only other Panthers players who have had back-to-back 100, uh, 100 tackle seasons in their first two years as Panthers are John Beeson and Luke Keekley. and Keekley is going to have a bust in Canton, Ohio. Now, I'm not saying that Jeremy Chin is going to have one. Of course, we know his uncle has one. Will he have one one day? I don't know, but it's a big year. And I know going to the year, I felt like this was going to be an offseason where Chin was going to get paid. Now, the injury with the hamstring last year, uh, I think that hurt him. And also the Panthers having more significant priorities. And I also believe like, trying to figure out where exactly he fits. Like, do they want to pay him as a safety? If they don't know if he's a safety, they want to pay him as a, like a nickel or a linebacker or do everything if they don't really know where he fits in. Like, he's, he's a superhero. We just don't know what cape he's going to wear each day. And that's what Steve, uh, Pete Hansen, uh, the inside linebackers coach here in Carolina, was saying on Wednesday at his press availability when speaking to uh, the media about his inside linebacker crew, but also about Jeremy Chin, who people think could play at inside linebacker. I expect if Chin's healthy and where he's going to be playing, I expect another 100-tackle season. There's no reason not to expect that, considering what we've seen in his first two years when he was healthy and even last year when he's healthy. I don't know if he's the best player in coverage, and I feel like that's why the Panthers wanted to bring in Von Bell at safety. I also believe that they did that because they feel like Chin is better in a different role and that the Panthers, more importantly, are better in a different role. And that's just smart. That's smart with the general manager, but also just like the coaching staff that they brought in that, hey, they can present the plan for the certain players. And I'm sure they presented a very appealing plan for Jeremy Chin. So my expectation for Jeremy Chin in this defense is that 100 tackles. I would like for him to be able to create more turnovers. And that's the one thing he really hasn't done that consistently. We look at that Minnesota game where he had the back-to-back turnovers, and he really should have been the defensive rookie of the year that season. We look at how the Panthers view him and how the Washington uh, commanders now view Chase Young. Very clearly, Jeremy Chin is a better player and a more valued player by his organization through the first three years of their careers than Chase Young is there in Washington under Ron Rivera and the commanders like Chin's a solid player and I don't know if he can be a pro bowler we look at it and when Steve Wilkes is here he was talking about he could turn this guy into an all pro and it's unfortunate that Wilkes is still not here in Carolina whether that had been in a defensive coordinator role which was never going to happen but as of course as the head coach it's unfortunate that Steve Wilkes didn't get the work of Chin more because I would have been excited to see what he could do but they've have a pretty good consolation prize if you want to call it Jero Vero and what they're going to be able to do with Jeremy Chin now in this defense. So my expectation for Chin to be playing with his hair on fire, 100 tackles, I want to see more turnovers, 
interceptions, like let's go out there and get those. But even cost some fumbles, especially if you get that many tackles, you got to be able to you know strip some guys, do make some make something happen that way. He absolutely is that stub player that we thought coming out of 2020. And my expectation next off season when the Panthers got some cap space is to go out there and throw him a bag as well to keep him here in Carolina. He has proven to be a great leader and what he was doing uh, a couple years ago. I don't know if he did it again last season. I know he did in 21 where he was wearing. You know, Carolina Legends uh, jerseys and, and auction those off for charity. Really cool to see a guy embrace community. And he's someone where I think it was uh, Steven Toronto who does some work with the Riot Report. We've had him on the show before, Elon guy like me. He had a really good article about the Panthers' young leadership and Burns and Chin and, and uh, Brown and Shaq and all those guys where, like, this is their time to finally go out there and win. When I talked about the breakout candidates this year, and I bring up some guys that have been good in Carolina, but they might not be nationally known. It's because the Panthers have not been a good football team. And I think if Chin goes out there and does what he's done the last couple of seasons when healthy, that in the Panthers have the success I believe they can have, that the rest of the NFL is going to know who Jeremy Chin is. If they didn't know before, they should know now. And it kind of reminds me in a way of like when I was in Nashville covering the Tennessee Titans of Kevin Byard who you may not know of, but you should. He's been an All-Pro multiple times. The Titans have been a team that have had have, were the number one seed in the AFC in 21. They have been to the AFC title game the year uh, prior to that, or two years prior to that, um, in the 19 season. Like, Bayard has been a hell of a player there for them out of Middle Tennessee State, a guy who's from the Mid- Middle Tennessee um, area. I mean, in Nashville and that whole Middle Tennessee area. He's gone there and been a leader. He's been an excellent player. I, I kind of look at Jeremy Chin like that. Byard is someone who's kind of from a smaller school. Chin from Southern Illinois, FCS. The Middle Tennessee is an FBS school. Up from unassuming kind of dude who got picked late in the mid-rounds and you didn't know what you are going to get out of him. And I know the Panthers think there's a little bit more expectations when Chin came here about his versatility, especially with Phil Snow as the D.C. and what they could use him and utilize him um, as in, this, in that defense. And he's – Mad expectations and Bayard a little bit less expectations, but he's come out there and he's exceeded whatever expectations might have been there for him by being an all pro and getting paid and being a damn good football player. So I see a lot of parallels of Kevin Byard's career in Tennessee where he became a household name. And I know there's that whole Deion Sanders thing who Deion didn't even know who he was, uh, but he's become a household name for people who actually pay attention to the football. I think Jeremy Chin can also become a household name if he's not already for people already pay attention to the football. Like the good morning football people, they know who he is, but does the rest of the league at large know who Jeremy Chin is? Well, if they don't know now, they're going to know later because Jeremy Chin, I think, is off to have a outstanding season here in 2023 and possibly flirt with being a pro, all pro this upcoming year. All right, so there's expectations for Bryce Young, and there's expectations for Jeremy Chin. We've got a question about Carolina Panthers and uh, being able to incentivize free agents to come here in the future. We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
The Carolina Panthers made some key free agent signings this offseason, bringing in Shai Tuttle to play defensive tackle, bringing Von Bell also on the offensive side. You got DJ Shark downtown, you got Adam Thielen, you got Hayden Hurst. Feeling good about the holes that they have been able to fill here on the offense and the defensive side of the ball in Carolina during this 2023 offseason. But we got a question about cap space and also just, you know, incentivizing free agents to come to Carolina. This is coming from the Lorax. Now, I did not get this guy's actual name, did not have time to ask him, but he is the Lorax. He says, as far as cap space goes, how does the league price non-cash incentives, i.e. stock options or buying a free agent a house in Charlotte or are things like that just not allowed? The Adam Thielen signing was heavily influenced by the golf simulator. If incentives like that are allowed, why don't we have financial advisors and stockbrokers on staff for the players so that maybe free agents are who are mainly concerned with money maybe stay sign with us because their money wouldn't be entirely dependent upon their salary now a lot of these players already have financial advisors and they already have of course their age they, they have other business interests and people who help them take care of their money so i don't know if the carolina panthers necessarily need to have that i don't even know if they're even allowed to have it. like those questions that you're asking me i don't think they can buy a player a house by paying him then that player can go out there and buy his own house. But I don't think it's one of those things like NIL in college where these collectives are out here telling quarterbacks, hey, we'll get you a house if you come to our school. I believe and I'm pretty confident that's against NFL rules. Now, when you talk about things that can incentivize a player to come here, aside from like, well, the money, here's the thing. Like you talk about if players are mainly concerned about money, well, if they're mainly concerned about money, they're going to go to a place that's going to give them the most money. So the best way to get free agents who are only concerned about money is to give them the must, the best money offer. And that's mainly guaranteed money. So that's really the best way to do that. But as far as just like things at the facility, because you're bringing the golf simulator. I hadn't heard that before with Adam Thielen um, like being in. I don't know. He, I don't, I, <laughs> I'd be hard-pressed to believe he's heavily influenced by the golf simulator. But I had to Google it and figure out where that came from. It came from the Pat McAfee show where Thielen was on there. I believe that's where he uh, said he was going to be a Carolina Panther. Uh, he says that the Panthers have a full-swing golf simulator in a facility. The coaching staff and the roster is built to contend for a Super Bowl. Great fit for my family. I would say that the uh, – Latter one, great fit for his family, was the most important thing. And then the second most important thing was the coaching staff and a roster being built to contend for the Super Bowl. And also probably in that is him and his role. And then the third most important thing, probably maybe really the 12th, was uh, the full swing golf simulator. But we're looking at the, the list of things he brought up there. The fit for his family, the roster and coaching staff, and potential to compete second. And then third, the golf simulator at the facility. Now, David Tepper has talked about he never wants to be at a competitive disadvantage. And now ownership is the biggest um, advantage in, in professional sports. You have a good owner. In the last couple of years, we haven't really had a great owner. But I feel like he's done a good job this offseason. So credit to David Tepper. But he talks about at never being at a competitive disadvantage. And that's why in Rock Hill, he wanted to use their money to build uh, a very big facility as an HQ and also as a sports medicine facility and training facility so that players because oftentimes y'all when players are rehabbing they go back to their colleges like I know when Marcus Mariota when I was in Tennessee he when he had his injury he would go back to Oregon because they had state-of-the-art facilities the Tennessee Titans didn't have that and a lot of teams in the NFL don't now we have seen Minnesota we have seen Dallas, a lot of these teams go to making these really great practice facilities and training facilities, and the Carolina Panthers wanted to do exactly what they have out there, Minnesota, and the star in Dallas. Like that's the what David Tepper was envisioning. 
and that they wanted to be able to so that players could you know stay home over the summer, stay here in Carolina, and be able to get that kind of sports medicine treatment and that, and that kind of technology that they would have. That is an advantage, and unfortunately, it didn't work out. At some point down the road, they'll figure it out. I don't know how it will be figured out, but it will be figured out. And they will have one of those state-of-the-art facilities that then will be an incentive for a free agent to come here. But really, the main incentive for free agents is always going to be playing time, coaching staff, winning, and money. Like, like that's what they mainly care about. It's nice if you have some things like a golf simulator. Now, Thielen is rich enough to where he could have one in his own house, and he may already have one. <clears throat> I, uh, excuse me, I know there's a company in Charlotte that has, uh, since the pandemic, has really blown up, and they are installing golf simulators in a lot of people's homes. Uh, Adam Thielen, if you're listening, which I know you're not, you should go hit those guys up if you really care about that. But it's one of those things, I guess it's nice that if he wants to hang out at the facility, and you want the guys to also be at the facility, hang out with each other, because they always have the pool table. That's a very common thing. And you see that in college. Hell, you might even see that in high school, uh, depending where you go to, what school you might have gone to, uh, and what community you might live in. It's nice to have those things for the guys to be able to, to hang out with each other and to stay within the facility. Because, I mean, they're all grown men. They have families. A lot of them do. There's guys at different stages in their lives and careers. So it's nice to be able to have that kind of stuff um, in-house. So it's good. But I don't really buy into that heavily incentivize him and influence him to come to Carolina. But having – I say the arts facility, I think, would actually help the Carolina Panthers bring in more free agents. But as far as cap space, um, it all that other stuff does not kind of tie into it at all. And I think a lot of that's against the rules. But the Carolina Panthers, as we saw, did a really good job getting these guys here without even having some of the things that we just discussed there here on the show. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where next Friday I'll be back again to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. And if you did not get a question in this week, either at me or DM me to get that question in. Monday, 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 Monday is Memorial Day, so there will be no podcast. As we know, there's, I know, Monday through Friday, your team every day, but on holidays, that is the exception, so no podcast on Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday to talk to y'all, and I'll be in Baldhead Island this weekend, as it looks like it's going to rain the whole time. Maybe it might be sunny on Sunday, um, but the weather's not looking great, and it's a huge bummer. So if you are there on Baldhead, this weekend, and you're listening to this show, uh, hit me up, DM me at Julian Council. Let me know. Let's hang out. Let's have a drink. Let's uh, cry over the bad weather and hold each other tight. I mean, maybe not that, but let's, let's certainly commiserate over the weather not being like we want it to be. Now, fingers crossed, things actually turn out to be good, but uh, not looking great so far. So hit me up if you want to hang out, if you're there on Baldhead Island. Uh, but if not, enjoy your uh, holiday. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole, as always. Keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Tuesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.